Hello and welcome to season three of Family Twist, a podcast about DNA surprises, found family, and amazing adoption stories. I'm Kendall Austin Stulse, and my partner is Corey Stulse. We've had fabulous guests during seasons one and two. We're sharing stories of people who identify as NPEs, also called not parent expected, others who found out they were donor conceived and have surprise siblings, and even others with unique family twists. We started this podcast to spotlight Kendall's adoption story and his discovering both sides of his biological family in 2017. So if you're just finding the podcast, we encourage you to start with episode one to learn more about Kendall's journey. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to season three of Family Twist. Today, we're excited for you to meet our guest, Jimmy Amicial, who has a very unique story, which we first learned about through a CNN article. We're going to ask Jimmy to recap that story and let us know what's happened since then. Welcome, Jimmy. Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm very excited. I would say uh, in 2017, my life, I changed forever. I've never thought that my life was going to change like that. I uh, went home for the holidays. Usually, I'll go home to bring presents for the kids in the orphanage that I serve in Haiti. Yeah, in 2017, on New Year's Eve, I went to the market. I would stuff to get stuff for a party for the kids. And I got everything ready. And it's about 9 p.m. I was going to be having the party for the kids. I was walking on my way to the orphanage and I heard people making a commotion. I thought that they were just having fun because it was going to be the new year. I saw a lady and she was in panic mode and I said, hey, what's going on over there? And she replied, oh, there is a baby in the garbage over there and no one wanted to touch a baby. And I was shocked when she said that. And as I prone to curiosity, I'm like, oh, I gotta see. When I pushed through the crowd to get a closer look, and I saw a baby lied on a pile of trash and there were about 20 to 30 people just staring at the baby. They didn't want to do anything about it. Were people like having fun? Were they drinking? And maybe they were like really confused by what was going on? No. So when I got there, the reason why they didn't want to touch the baby, mm. they thought the baby was cursed. They thought that if they touched the baby, mm -hmm. something was going to happen to them. So they were so blinded by intensity mm -hmm. of magic ritual, right. which is quite prevalent in Haiti. And they thought that if they touched the baby, something bad was going to happen to wow. them. So they saw a cursed baby, but me, I saw a precious living soul. He was crying and he was in excruciating pain. And I could feel the pain that he was feeling at the moment. My heart just broke seeing that. He was crying and he was in agony. He was suffering. So something deep inside of me said, Jimmy, you got to do something. You know, he, he had five ants crawling all over him. Mm. He had no clothes on. It was so sad to see. And um, oh, yeah, I reached out and picked him up and people were shocked. Yeah. Wow. Were people telling you not to do this? Oh, oh yeah. They were like, oh, Jimmy, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Like, there have been people here that saw the baby. They didn't want to do anything about it. Are you going to do something about it? Oh, man. They were <laughs> wow. shocked, really. Seeing me pick up the baby. Wow. So what do you do next? How do you find out the condition of the baby health-wise? So I took him, went to my mom's house with him. So like I said, I, I live in America and I usually go back home for the holidays because I serve in the orphanage over there. And when I got to my mom's house, my mom was even shocked to seeing me with the baby. Like, yeah. 
in the middle of the night, like you come with a baby, Jimmy, yeah. what are you doing? Where are you going with that baby? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> someone left him in the, the trash and I picked him up. My mom was like, really? I said, well, we got to do something. We got to help him. Yeah. And yes, he was like, okay. And my mom helped me clean him and bathe him and make sure that he was okay. And after that, we took him to the doctor that night. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. Wow. He would be fine, right? He just needed to be treated for the fire ants. Of course. Yeah. And then I have a, a friend who is a nurse. She lives in the neighborhood. We took him there and we used some type of lotion mm -hmm. to ease the pain and the thing that he had mm. uh, on his body. So and after that, and the, the next day we took him to the doctor. Wow. Wow. What age was the baby when you found him? It was about three to four months old. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So really yeah. little. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. did you think that was going to be the end of this story or what clicked in your brain made you think that you wanted to become more of a permanent person in this baby's life? I thought it was the end of it. Like, really, I saved him. I didn't think that I was going to become his legal guardian or anything like that. I had to alert the police. So I called him and told him that, oh, I found the baby and this is what happened. Da, da, da. And so, you know, I didn't want to be in trouble. You know, mm -hmm. I picked him up and I wanted to follow the legal process in order to protect him. So when the police came and they came and investigate and they also came with a judge, a judge of peace. That's how they call him in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And they went to the place and investigate and made sure that the baby was really left abandoned. Right. So I thought they was just going to take the baby from me. And that was it. The judge asked me a question saying, like, Jimmy, I can see your heart uh, for children. As you know, there are a lot of kids. They happen to be on the streets. They have a high chance of becoming gang members, things like that. Would you be willing to be his legal guardian? <laughs> wow. So I was shocked. You know, I'm still in school uh, asking me a question like that. It was tough for me to even answer. I told him I'm going to think about it because... I didn't even know what I was going to do with my life. Right. And sure. To be asking me a question like that, like you said, I thought it was the end of it, really. Yeah. So I said, let me think about it and see uh, if I can come up with a decision. I've been having some sleepless nights thinking about the decision making process. And, you know, I've been wanting to be a uh, part of something great. And to me, that was the moment. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm just going to take a leap of faith by saying yes, even though I didn't know what I was going to do. So I said yes. <laughs> but it was tough for me. <laughs> that had to be. I mean, here you were living in the U.S., only home for a short, you thought, for a short period, right? <laughs> and then this happens. Uh -huh. uh, still in school and, you know, always struggling financially and things like that. Yeah. I remember being a poor undergraduate. I think a lot of us can relate sure. to that, but oh, yes. at least oh, yeah. we were going to school really close to home when that happened to yes. us. Wow. What was your mom's reaction when you told her that you decided to become the legal guardian? My mom was uh, also the reason why I made the decision because I wasn't going to be there to take care of him because I had to come back. I have to go back to school. My mom was like, okay, I'm going to help you. But I told her that you raised me and I made that decision and you're going to be raising my kid. That's going to be tough on you. <laughs> yeah. And then she was fine with it. And I'm so grateful for her. Oh, that's wonderful. So, do you have other siblings? I do. I do. I have two other brothers. Cool. Gotcha. Wow. Just amazing. I imagine it was probably tough to come back to the States and to leave this baby behind with your mom. Oh, oh yes. He was like a roller coaster of emotions, you know, just met him and I became connected to him. 
it was tough. It was really hard for me to leave him there. Hmm. And also, I didn't even think that I was going to come back to because they had me pay a lot of money. I thought it was going to be just easy to sign the legal uh, guardian papers and I had to go to court, send a, a bunch of papers and I had to spend some of my money. Right. The money that I had to cover to pay for school. It was hard, but at the end, I had help to come back to the States. That's great. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Were you the one that came up with the name for the baby? Oh, yes. I've been thinking about names to give him. And I came up with Emilio because it's a strong name. And also Angel. He has three names, actually. Three first names. Emilio Angel, Jeremiah. Because, you know, the Bible, like for the plans that are for you, plan to prosper. I'm sure there is a plan for him. God has a plan for him, for sure. Wonderful. Amazing. So what happens next? And were you at all scared that his parents might show up, his birth parents might resurface? But I was hoping they would show up because I didn't really know what was going on, really, because I had to do that. I had to do what I had to do when nobody else wanted to do it. Right. Because at the moment, I had to do it. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I've, as I've learned, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So right. yep. <laughs> he was crying, he was dying, and I had to do yeah. something, so I did it. Yeah. And if his parents showed up and said, oh, this is my baby, I know they were going to be asking me a lot of questions, too. Even the police, the judge said that if the parents came, let us know and so they could get arrested for what they did. Right, sure. right. So yeah. I think maybe there is a reason why they didn't show up. So yeah. They know that they were going to be in trouble. Right. How did you develop your relationship with Emilio being in the States and him back in Haiti? So since I found him, he was in like from 2017 to 2018. Like I said before, I usually go back home mm-hmm. right, to serve in the orphanage. So from 2018, I went back in the summer. I saw him. We had fun together. Mm-hmm. We played together. That's why you can see that we have a lot of pictures together. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw the pictures that we have together. So I saw him since 2019, but it's hard. You know, it's been like four years mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I've always wanted to go back. It's just political instability in Haiti right now. Right. Violence mm-hmm. and gangs. Mm-hmm. That makes it really hard for me to even go back. I'm hoping to bring him here. Right. My mom and Emilio. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. How does he address your mom? Does he call her grandmother? Like grandma? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He call her grandmother. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I guess he calls you dad. Oh, yes. Oh, dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Now, when we were reading about your story, the, the last article I saw was from over a year ago or about a year ago, and the story wasn't quite finished. The, the adoption wasn't finalized. Has anything changed with that? No, he hasn't finalized yet because Haiti still hasn't stable yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they're all like violence and most of the offices are closed. Mm-hmm. So we're still waiting and hopefully I can get it done. Right, right. right. Well, it's good that conversely, it sounds like they're content with your mother being there and taking care of him. And so that part is at least good. It's like if they won't finalize things, at least they're not trying to take him away from that situation. No, no. no, Good. What are the biggest challenges of bringing them to the States? Uh, The biggest challenge is the visa for them. To me, that's the biggest challenge. That's it, pretty much. Because I've been trying. I've already applied for them. There is a humanitarian program. The president just announced a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and I applied for them. We're still waiting. Right. So hopefully we can get something. They can come to the state too. Sure. Sure. Are Mm -hmm. you still in Mm -hmm. school? 
I'm planning on going back in the fall. Okay, oh. great. What are you studying? What are you hoping to do as a career? I'm studying communications right now, like electronic media. Okay. What I would love to do is the same things that I've been doing, things uh, I'm really passionate about, which is helping others, having an orphanage that incorporates health and wellness, mm-hmm. helping those kids have an education, things like that. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know how much you know of my story, but I was adopted as an infant. I was adopted when I was two months old, so I only spent two months of my life in an orphanage, but my parents were very supportive of those orphanages because they saw what value it brought to me. Because when I was born, I wasn't completely well, and it seems that the orphanages took really good care of me during those first two months. So I love that part wow, of your that's... story. I can really relate yeah, to that. Thank you. Thank you too for sharing. Yeah, that's that's so deep. Uh-huh, that's, yeah, that's so deep and, and profound. And, uh, really. and it, it really touched me when I was reading about your passion for helping children, helping orphans. Where did that come from? Because you've been working with orphans since you were a kid, essentially, right? Oh, since I was uh, really young, really, I would say at the age of 14, 15, I've been volunteering at mm. orphanages in Haiti, been having like camps, you know, bring joy to the kids, like dance. Yeah, I've been doing that for quite some time. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It became really a passion of me. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite things about Emilio? Uh, you love to dance like me. I love <laughs> dancing. Uh, <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about him is that he always calls me asking me for stuff. And I'm so proud of the fact that he can call somebody and be asking for stuff, you know. Yeah. That's also the reason why I said, you know, let me adopt him. Let me give that sense of family, a sense of home. Right. Because he needs someone that he can call anytime that can be there for him. So mm-hmm. um, I love that. And you would say, oh, dad, I want a tablet. You know, I want a bicycle. I want a car. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I want new clothes. I want new shoes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just like a kid, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just like a kid. Oh, yeah. And then he loves music. He loves playing his guitar. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he's got to be five now? Almost six. Okay. So he's going to turn six in August, next month. Did you have to help choose a birth date for him? Oh, yes. It's not uncommon in that sort of scenario, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. How would anybody mm-hmm. be able to pinpoint an exact date? Yeah. yeah. Oh, just out of curiosity, what is his birth date? Because um, I'm an August baby. <laughs> oh, really? It's going to be August 31st. Okay. Oh, cool. Wonderful. Cool. Wonderful. Excellent. Uh-huh. Mm. Just such a heartwarming story. We were talking about your story earlier today, and it's just like, wow, I love being able to tell stories with happy endings. And the happier part of your ending is still to come, but I think we're confident that it's going to get there. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. And anything we can do to help, please let us know. Feel free to reach out. You know, if we need to write write a letter or whatever we need to do, we're happy to do it. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. And we want to reconnect with you and, you know, tell the rest of the story when you get your mom and him to move to the state. I mean, these are all just wonderful things to come. For I sure. Uh, I I'm, I really can't wait for that. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story. It's great. And like I said, we want to keep in touch and keep up with your journey. Of course, of course. And thank you guys too for inviting me. It's really a wonderful story. Even me, I feel touched by it. Yeah. Really, I've never thought like a million years from now, I was going to do something like that. Right. You know? And when the world says that, you know, they can be a little kinder. You absolutely. Know? <laughs> absolutely. That's so, that's what it's all yeah. about. So, and that's Yeah. And also, I'm glad 
the fact that I get the opportunity to transform his life from being abandoned in the trash to being a wonderful treasure, really. Right. Yeah. Anything I can do, I'll do it. Wow. And it's wonderful to volunteer at orphanages and things, but this is such a much more personal step that totally. you're taking. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This has been the most uh, significant shift in my life, and I love it. Yeah. Yes, has come with a lot of challenges, also blessings. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful story, and uh, you're a beautiful soul, so thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Family Twist. We feature original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts, and Family Twist is presented by Savoir Fair Marketing Communications. Check out our website at familytwistpodcast.com for blog posts and all of our episodes.